0: podcast of jetnation.com the largest independent fan site in the nfl be sure to check out our forums and talk all things jets with thousands of other diehard jets fans now to get you up to date on all the latest jets news notes and quotes here's your host glenn naughton
1: Good evening, Jets fans, I am Glenn Naughton. This is Jet Nation Radio. Thank you so much for tuning in, and what a crazy couple of days it has been at One Jets Drive in Florham Park. As you all know by now, the Jets have parted ways with General Manager Mike Mcagnin just weeks after the NFL Draft. Uh, just weeks after allowing Mike McCagnon to tie up over a hundred million dollars in salary and brand new players just a couple of weeks after letting him run a draft that had the team picking at number three overall we are now learning i mean listen who knows what the hell is going on with all these rumors that are flying around from everybody i'm seeing rumors from from people Writers I've never heard of before coming out of the woodwork. All of a sudden, everyone on the planet with an NFL credential knows what was going on behind the scenes in Florham Park. Adam Gase was mad at Mike McCagnon because he didn't want the general manager to spend too much money on Le'Veon Bell. He liked Bell, according to some sources. He didn't, according to others. But everyone seems to agree that he did not want to spend that type of money on Bell. They're saying he spent too much, that Gase felt like Mike Mcagnan spent too much money on C.J. Mosley. That he was upset about the way the Anthony Barr situation played out. That he was upset that there wasn't an offer to Matt Paradis. That he preferred Ed Oliver over Quinn and Williams. That he preferred Josh Allen over Quinn and Williams that he wanted Darren Lee traded which did happen within hours of Adam Gase getting the GM title interim GM title so these guys were working together for about 20 minutes and they disagreed on every single thing that came down the pike apparently no word on how they felt about you know who deserved the closer parking space to the facility so to help us hash through some of this because this really i mean this is a uh, well I'll go more on, on a little bit more about this later how uh, this is some only only happens to the Jets type of stuff. But joining us from the Associated Press is New York Jets beat writer, Dennis Wozak. Dennis, are you there?
2: I'm here, Glenn. How are you?
1: I am I am beside myself. I thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. I saw a lot of your takes on Twitter. I think you were on the money. I said, you know, we had this discussion a few weeks ago with uh, b- between myself and Alex Varallo, my co-host who cannot join us tonight. We had Manish on. We talked about it amongst ourselves. And I said, I said with these rumors about McCagnan, I said they make no sense. It won't happen. You don't let a guy run a draft. You don't let a guy spend $100 million. You don't do all those things and then fire him. And then I added the caveat. I said, however, for those of you who are listening, I said, you also don't get your quarterback knocked out in the locker room. And you also don't have a Hall of Fame coach resign by writing his name on a napkin. But these are the things that happen in Jets land. So I said keep an eye on it because if there's ever a team this would happen to, it would be the Jets. So please Dennis, enlighten us. What what in the world how did we get here? Man, I It's
2: a good question. It's, it's a great question. I could tell you this. I woke up um after working uh the AP National Sports Desk on uh Wednesday uh t- Tuesday what was it? I can't even remember what days it is but that morning (laughs) i woke up to to that news and um you know it's like wait wait hold on you know and i I have texts from people saying you know what's going on and and i think we're still kind of asking that question like what what is going on And, and i think the bottom line is this and plenty of people have said it already um if this happened in january if even in february but if it happened in January when Todd Bowles was fired uh, and Christopher Johnson just cleaned house, then it, this move is applauded, celebrated by many Jets fans uh, who thought Mike McKagan should have been shown the door when Todd Bowles was shown the door. And, um, it, you know, that, that's a, those are moves that would have been um, clear signs as to what the organization is doing and what direction it's setting in. The fact that it happened in mid-May after uh, you hire a coach or you let the GM participate in this process to hire a coach, go through free agency, um, go through the draft, and then land here where we're dealing with a general manager search is just, it's mind-boggling. It is absolutely mind-boggling. Um, I think there's one thing that I would disagree with, and it's the perception that the organization is a circus. I don't think the entire organization is a circus, because let's face it, on the field, they've got some talent. They have some young pieces, some young players that they could build around in Darnold and Jamal Adams, and even Leonard Williams, and Williams, you have these guys in place. A complete circus is a team that has, you know, just no foundation. It's got no leadership. It's got no talent. So I think that's the one positive thing that Jet fans should look at, that they have some pieces on, you know, on the roster, on the field. And to say that they lack focus, I think that's easy to say because of what's going on with the general manager and and not knowing whether the owner knows what he's doing. But there is a singular focus now, and that's the coach's focus, Adam Gase. That is clear. Adam Gase has the singular focus of this franchise now moving forward because he's got Christopher Johnson's ear, and he will have a, major impact on who the next general manager will be so as as crazy and unique and bizarre as this whole situation has been i think it's not as uh circus like as it just seems on on the surface because i think there is a direction that it's heading in and that's being revealed over the last several days that Adam GaSe is running things now.
1: Yeah, you raise a great point there, Dennis, because that as as bizarre as the situation was, and and, and I criticized it initially, and not only because I you know it, it's no big secret I've been someone who has supported Mike McKagan. Uh I've I've been you know more than willing to point out the mistakes he made, but also I feel like he's drafted. I feel like you know from his since his first draft, which was outside of Leo, was obviously a disaster. Um, I feel like he, he's added some really good players, some good young players who, for some reason, uh, you know, some fans, it, it seems like everyone sort of universally agrees that you have to give a, a draft class three years. Uh, but with Mike McCagnon he gets three minutes and, and guys just get <laughs> written off. The second they're not, you know, I have people telling me, you know, how many pro bowlers has he drafted? I said, well, well, great, you know, one or two. But uh, But how many of these guys have played more than a year or two? You know, year three is really... The benchmark, I think, in most people's minds. um And when I look at guys like, you know, when I look at Herndon, when I look at what I think Leo might be able to do with a better front seven, when I look at Robbie, you know, an undrafted guy, um, I, I think there's more there than people are willing to acknowledge. But your point about how good the roster is, I, I completely agree. And, and as bizarre as it seemed that, that Mike Mcagnon was fired, it's not as if this is a roster where there aren't some – I mean, you look at the roster from, from what it looked like when it was inherited by Mike McCagnin to now. I mean, Mike no McCagnin's no. starting tight end was Jay Morrow, and he had Darren Walls and Antonio Allen at corner, and Calvin Pryor. I mean, these are guys – half that roster was out of the NFL in a year or two. So it's better off now, but what, what are you hearing in terms of the top candidates to take that job?
2: Well – you know, the, the main thing that I think pretty much all of us have, have heard is, is that it will likely be someone who has previous ties to Gase. Because the, the, um, the main point that Christopher Johnson made when he spoke to uh, the beat writers on, on, uh, you know, later that afternoon was that, you know, he said, hey, you have to have that synergy bef- between coach and GM. And, you know, I want more than just a talent evaluator. I I want someone who can communicate and, you know, all of that. Well, in order to do those things, there's got to be some sort of um, give and take with, you know, between the coach and the general manager. Um, so I do think that Joe Douglas, the Eagles vice president of player personnel, is a front runner. But there are other guys who have uh, previous working relationships with uh, Gase, um, uh, Adam Peters, of 49ers, uh, uh, VP of player personnel, uh, Lance Newmark, who's with the lions in a similar position, champ Kelly, who's with Chicago, is the assistant director of player personnel. I think one of those guys will probably emerge, but you know, th- there's also a wild card now that Scott Pioli resigned as the Falcons assistant GM, uh, yesterday or last night, um, you know, so, and he's got previous GM experience. Um, I don't know that he knows Gase uh, at all or all that well, but, you know, he knows how to, you know, deal with building a roster and that sort of thing. He's, he's kind of proven that over the years. So there are candidates. I think it'll be one of the guys who Case is familiar with though. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting thing. You know, I, I, I think when we spoke to Christopher Johnson and he was trying to explain the decision, he talked about taking the deep dive into the organization and uh, um, just embedding himself in the the last several months, just to see how things worked and how McKagan just kind of related to people and how he operated And that is my main issue, I think, with with this whole thing. When it became clear late last season that Todd Bowles was gone as a coach, I would think you would take that deep dive at that point to see if you're going to get rid of the GM as well. Because now you have an opportunity um, with the coach on the way out to either clean house or move forward with the GM. And it just – I, you know, this is not a guy in McKagan who's been there just for a year. This He's been four full years going into his fifth season with the franchise. There's familiarity there. You know what he is and how he operates. So that's the puzzling thing for me, um, you know, that he didn't know. He, Christopher Johnson said he, he didn't know enough at that point when he parted ways with Bowles. To do the same with uh, McCagnin, but that became clear over the last several weeks or a few months that that's the direction he needed to take. And it, you ask most Jets fans, and they would have told you that two years ago. That was the direction uh, the team needed to take. So, uh, it just... It, man, it, it, that's, that's the puzzling thing. So, in the long run, this might end up working out fine. You know, it, this might end up being a blessing in disguise, but it's the Jets, you know, and, and to go back to the initial conversation we, we had about, you know, how, how this all came about and everything. I've covered the team on a regular basis as a B writer since 2006. I've seen a lot of things during that time, you know, I've seen, um, you know, uh, just, you know, the, the uh, Mangini stuff, uh, you know, Rex coming in, um, the Ines sign stuff, uh, the, you know, that incident. Oh, God, uh, there's, the there's a blast bumbled. from the past. Yeah, Tebow, uh, Dimitri Patterson,
1: Geno uh, Smith
2: getting knocked out, you know, hard knocks, you know, a few years before that when Rex was still in. Mm-hmm. I mean, there have been moments, and that was definitely one of those moments as it's kind of, you know, going through and, and I'm putting together the story and getting it out there where you start thinking like, wow, this is – one of the more bizarre days and it didn't have to be that way you know but the crazy thing is in the long run it will be the right decision but it will never have been the right timing and i think that will always be the thing and, and, it, and it doesn't it, it reflects poorly on christopher johnson and just makes the organization look indecisive and amateur and and i think those are valid points that people are making um, because you just don't really see this that often. And I, I know um, – I'm trying to think I, I, off the top of my head. It might have been Kansas City a few years ago that did a similar thing, and, and you know, they kind of landed on their feet. Look, you know, what they what they did in the playoffs. Well, you know, not with Stan, you know, what happened with Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill now, but just how, well, the direction the franchise went in. So I think the best-case scenario, the Jets could just, you know, see – how this unfolds for Jets fans, just to kind of, I mean, patience has been a thing for the last 50 years, you know, and counting. So we'll see what happens here. And, and the interesting thing, Glenn, would be what if this team, because, you know, they have a full roster at this point, you know, they make a playoff run. Then all of a sudden it's like, wow, McHaggan kind of put together a pretty nice roster, but he's not here anymore. And so it's just, it's just weird, you know, it's just a kind of – man. So it makes you shake your head and say, yeah, well, I guess just another thing in, you know, the, the history of the Jets.
1: Yeah, and that's – you know, the thing is this isn't just coming from me as a fan. I think we've all seen just in the past few weeks – whether it's some of the folks on, you know, the NFL Network or just sort of, sort of insiders, pundits, people making early predictions, which, you know, they don't amount to anything at the end of the day. But there are a lot of people who are looking at this team and saying, this, this is a playoff-caliber team if Sam Darnold takes yeah. the next step. I mean, yeah. this team, I've said it a million times, this team blew five big leads last year. They blew three games in the closing minutes. I mean, this team, I, I've said, I think this is a 9-10 to 10 win team if, if the coaching staff gets the most out of this roster. And I, yeah. I thought – I had that exact thought. I thought if this team goes out and, and, and surprises everybody and say they win 10, 11 games and you think, where's the guy that put all this together? Oh, We, we fired him because he, he gave more money to the best running back in the NFL than the head coach wanted him to. Yeah. And it, it just yeah. seems really bizarre. And, you know, you mentioned the, the Kansas City situation with Dorsey. And I, I've had a lot of people, you know, say to me on Twitter, this isn't unheard of. Kansas City did this with Dorsey. That's true. But at the same time, you know, he had Andy Reid. As yes. a head coach, you know, yes. they had, they, he didn't make the number three pick. He didn't spend 120 some million dollars on new players. I mean, he, ran, don't get me wrong. It's still a bit weird to me to let a guy run your off season before you fire him. But it, yeah. it, it's, a, it's even worse when when you're doing it with a coach who is highly thought of, but hasn't proven himself, yeah. uh, which is the no case. Doubt. The Jets are I, right.
2: yeah, it, he's 23 and 26, including going own one in the playoffs in you know three years with the dolphins as a head coach. Um, I they're putting a lot of faith in you know what he might be able to become as a coach, and they're giving him an awful lot of power. And let's let's you know not you know get it twisted. The immediate trade of Darren Lee it was a, a sign, you know that that was a you know that was a power move by by Gase because that had been rumored for months. We knew you know, something was going to happen with him. Either they were going to release him or try to deal him through the summer or release him, uh, you know, at, at some point. Or I, I didn't believe that he was going to play for the Jets this season. I just – it didn't seem like it was a fit. Although he would have made for a decent backup, you know, but it just didn't seem that that was how it was going to play out. And I'm not really sure he was a Greg Williams type of player either. And for for Gase to, like, move into the acting GM role and take care of that trade immediately, that showed, like, okay, well, he's gone. I'm making the move now, you know? And boom. And then Robbie Anderson the next day signs his tender. Boom. That shows people, you know? That shows the guys in the locker room that, okay, you know, I'm in charge now, and, and I'm going to make things happen. So it's very clear to the players now who's in charge, and I think to the fans and the media too. So, uh, um, you know, again, to your point, though, the guy has not really proven himself as a coach or, you know, anything beyond. Um, so it's a really interesting time to be, <laughs> to be covering the team, to be following the team, to be rooting for the team, because this is, I mean, just when you thought that it would be like, Okay, well, you know they did this. They spent a lot of money. They got Le'Veon Bell. They got C.J. Mosley. They have Darnold. You know Adams, and then boom. You know
3: <laughs> it's just in
2: the like in the middle of the night, in the middle of quiet. You know that's that's what this whole scenario is like, and then boom, just kind of snaps you out of it. Like whoa, what the? And really, yeah, I think but that was the reaction.
1: Yeah, believe me, I I joked with uh with Alex that we were on the air the night before the firing. As the show wound down, I just kind of said, well, uh, you know, we're about to hit the, the slowest part of the season, so there won't be any major <laughs> news stories. I, I literally said there won't be any major stories between now and the start of camp. I got on a plane the next day to fly to Dublin. Uh, I hadn't had my first sip of Guinness yet, and yeah. all of a sudden, my Twitter starts going crazy that the Jets fired Mike McKagan, and I thought, oh, boy, what what yeah. timing. Can't yeah. write, can't do a pot, nothing. <laughs> But, uh, bizarre. And one, one last, well, two last questions, one Jets question and one, one music question. Uh, obviously the team's record under Mike McKagnon, uh, not very good during his time here. And, you know, we do say all the time, it's a results-based business. You got to win football games. I heard Mike Tannenbaum say, you know, no playoff appearances. And, and as long as he was there, he's got to be let like, go. Is, mm-hmm. is that a little bit unfair given the fact that I think, every, I mean, everybody you know, the casual fan who just looks at the standings and the scoreboards may not know, but the fans who are sort of invested in this and, and, and the media guys, everyone knew, any, anyone in their right mind knew that two years ago was a tank season. Like, they they were putting a roster together to get a quarterback. And, you know, they, they, they end up with the sixth pick, they trade up, and they get the quarterback. And then it's a rookie quarterback playing under Todd Bowles. Um, I, I don't know what the expectation was. I, you know, I said a few weeks ago, And, you know, obviously the the Johnson or Chris Johnson disagrees, I felt like the rebuild was sort of on track because when they tore it all down, when they let go of Decker, Marshall, David Harris, Nick Mann, when they dumped everybody, I thought, okay, this guy now has two to three years to build a playoff contender. And I felt like this is the start of year three. You have the quarterback. You have some receivers. You added the dynamic offensive playmaker. You, you know, you, you've at, you got a, a Quinnen Williams in the draft, The pair with Leonard. I felt like this was the year, if this was another four or five win season, Mike McKagan was gone. But I thought oh. this is the year the expectations have to be raised. The tank is over. The, the rookie quarterback growing pains in year one are gone. Now it's time to contend. So it, it's a little bit unfair to say, well, he had a losing record when you know there was a tank season built in there and you know, there was a rookie quarterback in one of those years.
2: Yeah. that That's an excellent point because I think, and I even had said this, uh, you know, a couple of years ago that this was, it was kind of, I think you just said reset, you know, they, they, they hit the reset button. And so it was McCagnon and Bowles, you know, 2.0. It was, you know, part two. Um, that they had to be judged on um, that point forward, not the whole, you know, which which is – that's tough to do when you look at the record and you look at the results and that kind of thing. But the way it was structured and set up um, by ownership to have these guys kind of tear it down and now let's move on and forward and get the quarterback and build around that, yeah – You know, if you were going to pull the trigger on the coach so quickly after a rookie quarterback and then really basically do the same on the GM with the GM, well, two years ago then, you probably should have kind of done this, you know. So I feel like there's a lot of uh, second-guessing going on within the organization itself and just thinking like, okay, well, you know, no, we're we're not going to – you know, clean house. Oh, maybe we made a mistake. Okay. Let's get rid of the coach. Okay. Let's move forward. Wait, no, you know what? We didn't get rid of the GM. Now we should. I, and I think that's really what, you know, to get back again to the whole circus atmosphere type, you know, just picture that's, that's what is kind of fueling that. And I, and I think there is some, um, you know, just kind of, I don't know if unfair, unreasonable might be the might be the right word because if you had brought in a GM and a coach going into last season, um, it
1: might be the same situation,
2: but it's moving forward, you know. And I I think the failure was in not letting go of both the coach and GM, you know, at that point two years ago or you know after the 2017 season and then just kind of building from there. So, so yeah, I, I I think you have to kind of grade the coach and GM in two separate parts, you know, because like you said, there, there was a reset and you have to think of it that way. And, but again, as we've seen over the years with a lot of different things, the Jets don't often get those kind of things right.
3: And here we are
2: again, you know, so, um, You know, another thing, Glenn, that a lot of people were talking about is, okay, what if the Jets go out there this year and struggle and win five games? Well, then what? Because then the GM is on notice, but you still have this coach here. So then do you get rid of the GM? And then who do you bring in to take over? And will he be with the coach? Well, now we're living that scenario right now without even having played a game. You know? So – it's just it, – still, I, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you and still kind of working these things through my head. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of fans and media are doing the same because it's just not something you see all the time. And it's one of those things where you just want to throw out there that, yeah, it's the Jets, it figures, you know, unfortunately for the fans.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. And I, th- I think the most important thing you've said this whole time, though, is that this this could work out great. We have no idea. Yeah. We, we don't know yeah. who the new G and I, you know, I think part of, you know, as much as, and, and I disagree adamantly with, with people who say that, uh, you know, Mike McKagan was no better than John Idzik. I mean, John Idzik had 19 yeah. draft picks. He found two or three players, you know, Mike McCagnin, he you know, he brought in Sam Darnold, Chris Herndon, Robbie Anderson, Jordan Jenkins, Brandon Shell. you know, some, some quality starters, you know, Jamal Adams, Marcus May, like franchise changing guys. Um, whereas, you know, uh, it's, it got you Sheldon Richardson and, uh, and Quincy Noon, well, that was about it, but, but either way, um, thanks for joining us Dennis, but before I let you go, you know, I have to have to throw a music question at you. Um, I mentioned Dublin. (laughs) I will be heading out that way again in the very near future to check out Metallica. It's Lane castle. What is your number one Metallica album and song of all time?
2: Um, Ooh, man, that is a,
1: that's a tough
2: one because you know, it depends on how I'm feeling. Um, you know, I think "Injustice for All" is my favorite.
1: Okay, um, you got that one right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and um, man, I always say this: like, if I were a major league ball player, or even a minor league ball player, and I could come out to my own um, music, I, I think like "Ride the Lightning" would be would be my song or For Whom the Bell Tolls, like either one of those two. So, th- like, I go back and forth. Those are my two favorite Metallica songs,
1: period. Excellent it Personally, it's I, I, Master of Puppets, but those those answers are acceptable as well. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it just, I, you can't go wrong, you know. It just, whether it's, uh, you know, back in the 80s or now, you just listen to those songs, those albums, and you just, they fire you up, and, man, it just, you know, it's just great stuff. So, uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> absolutely thank you so much for your time Dennis we really appreciate it and uh, if you're not following Dennis on Twitter give him a follow give out your handle Dennis and uh, keep up the great work man
2: you got it you got it DY73 and uh, yeah we'll see what happens Glenn there'll, there'll be plenty more to talk about over the next several months
1: absolutely hope to see you out of Florham Park this year training camp
2: sounds good man take care you too
1: all right, so that was Dennis Wozak, of the Associated Press Jets beat writer since 2006. As he said, he's been on board for some pretty wild times, and uh, this will, this is, this one will rank pretty high. It's <laughs> just bizarre stuff. Uh, we're gonna go to the phones real quick right now. We've got uh one caller on the line waiting who wants to talk about the Jets a little bit. Caller, you are on the air. Hey, how you doing? Good. Who, who, uh, where are you calling uh, this from? This John
0: caller? calling from Manhattan long-time Jet fan, Uh, I'm really happy with what's unfolding. You know, it's kind of crazy. I know there's a lot of uh, disconcerted fans out there, but I think what really went on behind the scenes was you had an X's and O's coach, aggressive, demanding, really driven, walks into a situation, looks around and says, this is a pretty good deal for me, one way or the other. But then he finds out that he's got a GM who's a scout, and he's being fed players by another guy who's a scout who shouldn't even be there. And he realizes, I I think we're in a shit show here. We're going to have to step back and let these guys shoot themselves in the foot, which, you know, they've done regularly since they've been here. So I think things got cleared out. i got to give Chris Johnson – at least credit for the fact that he saw the wheels coming off behind the scenes.
1: And, you know, he, he's
0: going to look like an ass one way or the other. He's going to take his hit. And he just said, okay, I'm going to take it like a man. I'm going to get these guys out of here. Nobody else is looking for a GM. There's half a dozen candidates out there that we can talk to. And I think what he's going to do, he's going to make sure that there's a guy who's on the same page with Gase who is basically going to do what a modern club needs to do. They have to have a coach and a GM who are on the same page. I'm going to leave uh, the coach to do what he does, and the coach is going to leave the GM to do what he does. But they've got to share a vision as to what their team is, what it's got to become, and where they want it to wind up.
1: And, and I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, my question would be and, – and honestly, I don't know how I feel about this. So I'm not saying uh, – I'm, I'm not saying what's what's right or wrong, but does it worry you? And this was, you know, as Dennis Wozak and I just talked about, does it worry you that it seems like Adam Gase, who who again is a respected guy, he did some good things with Miami, you know, he didn't have a great record, but he, he won some games with some bad quarterbacks. You can't hold that against him. Um, but a guy who's done as little as he has, being given this much power, because I, I you know, I think the well, perception is, at, I, I think the reality. Record. Right, right. You're at but his that's record, the thing.
0: And that's not, you don't hire somebody based on their record. If you're hiring somebody based on the record, then you're not looking deep enough into them. I think Adam Gage has a history when he started in this league, and he's demonstrated who and what he is consistently all along the way. So, you know, I'm not looking at the guy's record. I'm looking at, that's kind of stats on a sheet. That's like looking at Sam Darnold's stats and saying, eh, maybe, maybe not. Sam Darnold is definitely a franchise quarterback. He did things right. last year that a rookie should not be able to do. You don't look at his stats. You look at the game. You look how he played. I don't
1: look at Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I don't disagree as with as that. As that, that. That, that, so that was not part really of the point I was making. That he's, he's, yeah, but he's, he's, he's won some he's games never with some bad quarterbacks. History. That, that he, was, that was part of my point. He's was a
0: good quarterback. You know, he's a, he's a guy, he's an X and O's guy. He's not going to be. He's not even interested, really. I don't believe. I don't see anything to indicate to me that he wants to be a GM. His whole persona, his whole his soul, is not about the back office. He's a guy who wants to be on the sideline. He wants to be a head coach, and I don't. I don't understand. I understand Jet fans because well, listen, I've been a Jet fan since Namath was in college, and I understand how.
1: God you bless you. You get your you. head
0: kicked in. You get your head kicked in on a regular basis being a Jet fan. But I don't think that if this is the same old Jets, I don't think this is the same old organization. I don't. This is the first franchise quarterback we've had since Namath. Mm-hmm. We've never had a guy who really was decisively that kind of quarterback. I just think he's going to be a spectacular player for a decade as long as he stays healthy. What we put around him is really what's going to determine what the ultimate success level is going to be. But I think you got a guy in Adam Gase who knows what to do with an offense, knows how to play Belichick, knows how to play the Patriots, knows how to play a lot of the teams that we're going to have to beat in order to get to the promised land. He's had success. You watch his offenses. You watch his, you watch drives. You watch execution. Uh, You know, he had a great situation in Denver. It's to Miami. Miami was a pretty screwed up situation. And if you watch the film, you see players not executing, you know, okay players, but people who were just not executing, I don't think there was a situation in, in Miami that would have worked out. And the, the, the organization itself, they're as dysfunctional as anybody. They've been that way for a while. There's too many cooks in the kitchen down there. Here, we had a much more simplified uh, uh, organizational structure, but the two people who were most influential shouldn't have been GMs, they're scouts. They came from the scouting world. And I think they, you know, you hear people say they looked at value. They didn't look at building a team. They didn't look at building a culture. I think Gase is going to do amazing things next year. And I think Donald, I mean, we've got major holes, and we're going to get our ass handed to us on occasion by some teams that we should be able to beat. But we have we have uh, weaknesses that can be exploited. Uh, but what we, we're going to see is that we can move the ball against anybody.
1: Well, that that's, that's the hope by bringing in Adam Gase. See. Yeah, with, with what we've seen from Gase, with what we've seen from Darnold, with the weapons that we're out of this offseason, whether it's Crowder, Bell, you know, of course, Robbie's back on board. Uh, Quincy Anunua's got to stay healthy. And, you know, the speculation there is that he wasn't as hurt as people thought he was last season. The Jets shut him down because they were playing meaningless games. Um, Chris Herndon. And then, of course, some of the rookies, you, you bring in a, a, an all-pro well, left he, guard. So, you know, exactly. they made If he's enough. got
0: half a second more, if he's got a quarter of a second more to stand in the pocket, uh, and he's got twice as many targets, then I think what you're going to see is uh, the division put on, on notice.
1: Well, right? and I, I This think, is no I longer
0: think... a team to, to, dis, to disregard. This is a team that you've got to plan from, from the beginning of your season. You've got to plan to draft against the Jets. That's something that hasn't happened uh, probably in a long time.
1: A very long time, and and I agree. That's why I've said I, I think this is a nine or ten win team. A lot of it is going to come down to the play of the corners, and uh, you know O line run blocking's got to be better. But I think uh, with the addition of Osmaeli and uh, and you know m- maybe maybe uh, one of these young guys, maybe these one of these young offensive linemen wins a job because I'm not uh, I'm not 100% sold on Brian Winters winning that right guard. No, job. no, no,
0: no. We we still need half a line, but one thing that's promising. I think that's going to show up in the run game and the pass game. Is we got a wide tight end, we got a little beast in this uh, 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 West Coast kid. There's not a It certainly a lot of film it certainly looks him. that
1: way. And, and Chris Herndon did a nice job in that role last year. He was a much better blocker than advertised.
0: Well, now you get, yeah now you got two guys. Both of those guys in certain situations on the field at the same time. Yeah, you you know somebody's going to get a matchup that's yep. in their favor.
1: Yep, and, and I've, I've mentioned uh, a couple of weeks in a row on this show, you, you, you throw Ty Montgomery into that mix, and that's three different guys who can do multiple things, and they can do them all very well. Run the ball, block, catch the ball, H-back, fullback, wherever you want to line them up. Yeah, we've so got some depth in running back, for, uh, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Should be an interesting season for Adam Gase and the Jets. Never a dull moment, but thanks so much for calling in.
0: Hey, have a good one.
1: You too, now. And we go back to the phones. Uh, another caller calling in on our little little special unscheduled or unexpected episode tonight with uh, with Dennis Wazak. Caller, you're on the air. Hello? Yes, caller?
3: Hello? Yeah, can you hear me, Glenn? I certainly can. Oh, okay, it's me, Rich.
1: Rich, how are we doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing okay. Normally, I get a notification from the, like the operator saying, okay, you're online or whatever. Anyways. Hey, um, well, thanks for doing the show I whatever and uh, taking time off your, uh, your Guinness uh, drinking there, but um yeah it was, one for got, me. And I,
1: got I, got I, back I from Dublin to yesterday.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did.
1: <laughs> always, always. I've been out there about a dozen times now. I love it.
3: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good deal. I mean I love I love uh, London in England or whatever. They have the best ale but, you
1: know, outside of Germany
3: whatever, Germany got some, some good beer stuff or whatever, but um, you know, I like to enjoy the previous caller. Uh I didn't want to get into any of the, the you know the you know, sound bites that you hear out there or whatever. Just the um uh, somebody did make a point that I that I heard earlier or whatever, and it kinda makes it kinda resonates with me, uh, you know, very well or whatever. If 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 I was hired to do a job and then I have a guy that's in charge of me or whatever, and, and I need certain tools or whatever to get the job done or whatever, but he's a little bit reluctant to get the tools that I need to complete this job or whatever, then I don't think I'm going to be able to do the job to better, the best of my ability. And then that's the way Adam Gates saw it with McCann or whatever. He saw it and was like, look, um, you know, he, there was disagreement in there. You're going to disagree. You're not going to, you know, you're not going to agree 100% of the times or whatever. But, you know, you got to try to work within what the person needs to complete the task or do, and do the job. And so I, I, I had the feeling or whatever that that's what was going on or whatever. I totally agree with McKenna and need to go. I kind of like I, – I did like the guy. I think he did way better job than Isaac did Um but, you know, he had his, his shortcomings. I mean he, he did have picks or whatever that everybody in their right mind would have drafted, you know, from Williams, Queen Williams this year, Jamal Adams, Sam Donald. I mean these are picks or whatever. The the, the one thing that I give him one hundred percent credit for was making that trade with India or whatever to move up to number three and get and be and put yourself in a position to get what you wanted. And that's that was the pretty much McAgna's highlight in my opinion. And so but I you know, that being said or whatever, uh Adam Gates not having somebody there to 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 help him and give him the tools or whatever that, that's needed, even though free agency went very well outside of, you know, getting a center and a, maybe a corner. Um, you know, um, I, I think that, you know, McCagna needed needed to go. The timing is totally wrong. That's the reason why we're talking about it. And I, I totally you know, I'm looking forward to see who and what, you know, uh, they bring in here. And 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 that's kind of like the, the focus of whatever that, you know, you hear these people that are chums and buddy-buddy with, with Adam Gase, but can they do the job? Can they, you know, are they well qualified to do the job in a sense of, okay, you know, the overall operations of being a general manager or whatever. I don't like the the way you know Johnsons have the auto structure like both guys report to me or whatever. Everybody does is like, look, I'm the owner, I'm the general manager, you then the coach or whatever. You and I discuss or whatever. You tell me what you need, what you want. And I'm gonna go out there and try to get it. And then I report to the owner, say, look, we need this guy, we gotta sign him, and and so forth or whatever. And, and I'm a huge Yankee fan, and that was always been the auto structure or whatever, you know. And boom goes to Cashman, Cash goes to Hal. That's just the way it works. And so, I don't, you know, I just don't like that where both guys can go in there and, and have equal footing with, with the owner or whatever. And, you know, general manager by title or whatever is the manager. He manages. He's the one that manages the team or whatever. And the owner signs the checks. And some are more involved than others, which is a good thing or whatever, not a bad thing or whatever, although Jerry Jones needs to get out of the way and let somebody else do a better job. But, anyways, that being said, I, I that's kind of like my question here. The question is, is that you hear these guys that are chums with Gase, but are they more than qualified to do the job?
1: Well, what worries me with Gase, you mean in terms of what GM they bring in?
3: Yes, exactly. I mean, because you hear these names that are out I mean, there, I, and they're, I, all, I they're all because they're chums with Gase or whatever that they, okay, we're going to bring them in because they're buddy-buddies. Okay, that's so, what I mean. It,
1: it it you know it it happens all the time in the league. That's how a lot of guys land jobs. Is is they they build relationships while as they come up through the ranks, and they know who they work well with and they know who they trust. And that's all fine. I have no issue with that, but my issue becomes you know if Adam Gase does hire you know does get whoever his choice is, is it somebody like you said who's going to be his buddy where Gase is kind of the de facto GM making the picks, and then you look at you look at the Dolphins draft the last couple of years you know. Um, he took Mike Gasicki in the second round, the guy who averaged less than two two catches a game. You know, he had 200 yards on the season in 16 games. You know, he, he drafted Charles Harris in the first round, who's got, you know, three career sacks in three seasons. So, you know, Cordera Tankersley's been an up-and-down guy. I'm not going to lie. I did like Tankersley come out of Clemson, but but he's been up and down. I mean, he, it's not it's not like you can look at the draft record of the Dolphins since the time Adam Gase was given personnel control and say, Oh, well now we got the guy. Look, look what he's done. You know? Yeah. Manka Fitzpatrick, nice pick. You know, that, that, that was a good get. You know, I remember there were a lot of people saying Manka Fitzpatrick might've been a better player than Jamal Adams. Um, Whether people agree or not that, you know, that that is what it is. But, you know, I, I I don't, has Jerome Butler been that great? You know, has Tankersley been that great? You know, these Raekwon McMillan, you know, out of Ohio state, these are guys who are, are these, are these prime time players? I know McMillan's a good player. He, he had a nice season this year. You know, he was, a, he was a hundred tackle guy, but I just, and I'm not saying that Adam Gase can't evaluate talent. My, my thing is, can he do it well enough that, that we don't have to worry if he's the guy making the, who's actually making the calls when, when they bring the GM on board. Um, so I'm not I'm not knocking Gase one way or the other here, you know. The only the, my biggest problem with this whole situation is the amount of money and resources they allowed Mike Mcagnan to spend before firing him. And Dennis Wazak brought it up, and I said it the day they fired him. I mean, look, you, you're going to fire a guy and say, well, I I uh, I've been I've been watching him closely for the last couple of months. Shouldn't that have been the first thing you did when you took over as the owner a few years ago? To say, all right, well I'm in yeah. charge now. So uh someone point me to the guy in charge of building the team and I'm gonna keep a close eye on him for a little bit. Like that should have been step one. So so I, I think no matter what happened or no matter how this was handled, Chris Johnson does come out looking bad. But that's not to say do you think any do you think a single Jet fan is gonna give a damn if it's the right move and if this team wins a ring or two? No, no one's gonna care. No but listen, it's it, it's it's that time of year. Every move you make, every you know, big, small, whatever, is going to be overanalyzed. And this is a huge one. You made a huge, huge move at a time when there's nothing else to talk about. So people are going to pick it apart, and, and rightfully so. Listen, there are pluses and minuses to getting rid of Mike McCagnin. The plus is that you know you, you may bring a guy in who's better than because McC- Listen, McCagnin wasn't great as much as I liked the guy. And some of his players, you know, and that's the other thing. People are like, well, that closed the book on Mike McCagnin. You know, you drafted one or two Pro Bowlers, and I'm I'm kind of like, well, what what happens if 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 Sam Darnold becomes a Pro Bowler, All Pro? What what happens if Marcus May? What happens if Chris Herndon? What happens if Robbie Anderson finally gets consistent quarterback play and puts up 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns? What if Jordan Jenkins puts up double digit sacks this year? You know, like the book isn't closed. Like he's not making any more picks, but that you know the book isn't written on everyone he's ever drafted. And you know whether people like it or not. If Darnold goes on to be a great Super Bowl winning quarterback, Mike McCadden gets some credit for that. But but the bottom line is he's gone. And I'm again as someone who supported him, I'm fine with it. It took me about two minutes. And I thought, okay, I, I liked him, but he's far from a guy you can not upgrade from. I think sometimes it's a matter of John Idzik was so damn bad that it was like, please bring me anybody huh. who might get who might get some good players. And then you bring in McCadden. Yeah. And when you know when you take a step back and look at it, he did some good things. Henry Anderson's a guy I haven't mentioned yet. Steve McClendon's another good player. You know, McClendon Anderson, May, Adams, Jenkins, Shell, Darnold, like you know, Robbie. There's some good pieces. Herndon. There's some good pieces in place. Who knows what, come, what comes comes to Quentin Williams and, and Jakai Polite? These guys could go on to be pro bowlers. So there's some good pli- no, I, some I, good pieces I, in place. You know, he didn't inherit it's, it's not like when he got here and he inherited Jason Babin and and and, and Calvin Pryor. You know that team was devoid of talent. That yeah. team had nothing. Oh
3: no. Um, I I I totally agree with you 100. And please, I don't mean to cut you off, but I agree no, no, with go 100% right ahead, please. Or whatever. Now, now, I mean, I'm sorry, but the milk has been spilled. Let's just clean it up and move on. You know. Yeah, and absolutely. And so, look, it's 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 done now. I, I'm I'm like, look, Mac is gone. I, I he he. Like I said, you just named a handful of people, or whatever. That's going to be impact players or whatever for this team. Come into this coming season, and I, I have no doubt at all. I think Adam Gates, the book, the jury is still out or whatever. And and I don't, I'm not faulting Gates here at all. What, or what happened? Again, I, I start out with the analogy that I started out with or whatever. If you hire me to do a job, but you're responsible to, to to supply me with the tools that I need to do the job and do it very well, whatever. And you're not doing that, then I'm sorry. I got to go get somebody who's going to well, who's going to give me the tools or whatever to 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 do my job. In this case, it's coach football team. He's okay, so but just, just to play career. just to
1: play devil's advocate, let me, let me play devil's ad, advocate for a second, because I, I agree with what you're saying, but at the same time, the team hasn't played a game yet, and what McCagnan has done since Gates got here is bring in a couple of all pros and a multiple multiple time Pro Bowler and a highly regarded slot receiver. Like, there's nobody who looks at the moves the Jets have made and doesn't say, "Oh my God, this team's got a lot better." Like that would worry me a little bit that the new head coach is going to the owner saying, listen, um, this GM just brought in an all pro guard an all pro running back an all pro linebacker. Um, a highly thought of slot receiver. Uh, this isn't good enough for me. I need, I need more. Like it, it's not, like, it, it's not like it, it. Listen, if you can go into the owner and say, I need a number one corner and this dude just signed Demetri Patterson, then I could be like, yeah, we got to get rid of this guy. Um, so uh, again, just playing devil's advocate. Um,
3: I'm no, not here to say I, I, it. I, I agree. I, I mean, go ahead. I, I, don't get me wrong. I agree. Again, Mac has done. Again, compared to Isaac and you know Tenenbaum, if you bring them all in or whatever, um, I think I think Mac really did a did a decent job. I mean, he really did do a good job. And the pieces here, whatever, like you said, I agree. We can win nine to ten games. We could be ten and six or whatever, or not. I, I again, uh, I, I, Adam Gates got got good coaching staffs in here. i I think he's got good personnel in here whatever to to get these things you know to get the team going or whatever and it's just a matter of now getting these pieces you know to to cohesiveness work together as a team or whatever and we can be we can make some noise this year i'm excited about the year and that's not what i'm saying or whatever but apparently apparently the the, this divorce here whatever was due to the fact that whatever that gates felt like mccain or whatever was you know uh squandering the money I guess or, or not willing to get the pieces or, or something that he wanted or whatever or to work together in in the same game plan and scheme. So you have Mike McCann or whatever who was who was a who was best player available type of drafter or whatever. Okay? And I and I and I have a strong feeling or whatever that Adam Gates looks at it based on needs. He looks at it based on needs and not just best player available. And therefore that was the conflict right there. Because if if the rumors are true or whatever between Quentin Williams and and Josh Allen, and they got one of Josh Allen because they had a need a pass rusher or whatever, then I'm like, okay, look, you're looking at it from a perspective of need versus best player available. I, I think that the, the kid from Florida, which I live here in Florida or whatever, I'm a huge Gator fan or whatever. I'm, I'm looking for Polite to have an outstanding year. Because I, I love the kid. And I think he did very well. And I hope that, you know, Williams does a good job whatever to really put him in a position or whatever to – to have a phenomenal year or whatever and really does a good job. Anyways, that being said or whatever, I, I think McKagan has, again, Gaze inherited a, a team with, with good pieces, uh, good pieces on the chessboard here. And if he, he's got good coaching staff. And so I, I, apparently that's just the way I look at it or whatever. You had one guy whose maybe his philosophy was based on on need and, instead of best player available. I, I don't know what you take on that, but.
1: Yeah, I, I think that you, you know there, yeah. there's there, there have been some rumblings. I saw today. I I think it was Rich Samini. I could be wrong, uh, but somebody said that uh, Gase didn't prefer Quinn and Williams where the Jets picked him. He would have preferred Josh Allen or Oliver, who ended up going to Buffalo. Uh, and 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 you know one thing that we talked about we talked about it with Manish when we had him on, and I spoke about it um, with Alex. Very weird situation that we saw no Adam GaSe during the draft. Uh, We didn't see him on the team's website. We didn't see him on camera. We didn't see him talking to prospects. And uh, then Manish writes today that uh, an insider said that Gase specifically took his chair and put it in a spot where he would be out of the view of the camera and sat there quietly offering very little input on trades or picks, which is bizarre. Uh, You know, that should be a situation where the coach and the GM are working hand-in-hand constantly, whereas Gase apparently just uh, took his chair, sat down, and watched it all happen and didn't say much of anything. So, a bizarre situation. Listen, Adam Gase appears to be a bit of an oddball. I said when he was hired, my (laughs) biggest concern was his maturity level, seeing him interact with the media. He didn't seem to deal well with criticism, which will not go over well in this town, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it shouldn't matter. But sometimes those things do sort of uh, evolve into something that that, that becomes a bigger deal than it should. So, I'm not, I don't doubt Adam Gase is a, 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 brilliant football mind but uh just hoping his personality doesn't get in the way of him succeeding in new york i mean listen bill belichick doesn't exactly appear to be the 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 most uh you know exactly a ray of sunshine up in new england but if he can get his team ready to play every (laughs) sunday and compete and uh you know make some playoff runs and hopefully some super bowl runs then no one's gonna give a damn about any of this stuff uh, the same no. way no one 's going to care you know, I still hear people crying about the second round pick the Jets gave up to get Sam Donald. If Sam Donald wins a ring, yes, there is a small minority of fans who will still be complaining about that damn second round pick, but anybody in their right mind isn 't going to care, and they shouldn 't so um thanks so much for calling in and uh, no problem, Thank please you. give give us a call we 're going to be on the air again Tuesday. This is a little bit of a we we did this one tonight because Dennis said this is, uh, this is, was his I wanted to get one on the air as quickly as possible. Upon uh, touching down from Dublin And this is what worked best for Dennis And we wanted to get one knocked out And uh, and have a talk about this So thanks for calling in And uh, thanks for listening
3: No problem Yeah, keep doing a great job, man You guys are awesome
1: Thanks a lot, man Take care All
3: right, All right. bye
1: All right, so We're going to close this one out uh, Just quick thoughts on the Darren Lee deal uh, c- c- Don't love it, don't hate it I understand, you know, I I said before, I thought the behavior, the off-field, bizarre behavior, the drug use, I think that sealed his fate in that building. I think they wanted him out the door. Mike McKagan was probably, I I would guess, was waiting, hoping for an injury to another team as the season approached to get a little bit more than what was being offered. Whereas, Adam, you know, because you're the GM, you know, you want to get max value and it it softens the blow a little bit for a busted first-round pick. Adam Gase obviously had no loyalty and doesn't care what Ryan Darren Lee was taken in as he shouldn't, that has nothing to do with him. He wasn't here for the pick, didn't make the pick. So Adam Gase was going to dump him for the, any offer he could get. So he, he lets him go. It's unfortunate because again, a comp pick is probably going to be higher than a sixth rounder and a deal to a team who has an injured player as the season approaches is probably going to offer a better opportunity, but you know, let's not get all bent out of shape over you know, whether a draft pick for Darren Lee was gonna be a fourth or a sixth. It's uh he's one player, he's a guy who had to go. And that's it. That that closes the book on the Mike McCannan era in terms of draft choices and acquisitions. And over the next three, four, five, six years, maybe longer, that uh that that his the story on Mike McCannan will continue to be written because he has put in place some players who the Jets and their fans hope will be here for a very long time. Darnold, Herndon, Leo, Quinnen, Robbie. These are guys that, uh, have the opportunity, have the ability to be impact players for a long time. So why in the world would you not want them to be around for the next eight, nine, 10, 11 plus years? So max gone, everybody move on. And, uh, Adam Gase is in power, and hopefully in the next few days we will have the name of a new GM who we can delve into a little bit and talk to as the offseason continues. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight, and we look forward to uh, you guys tuning in again Tuesday night when Alex will be back since this was a sort of a surprise, unplanned, unscheduled pop-up show. Alex couldn't join us, but he will be here on Tuesday. That's it for us, Jet Nation. Have a great night.
0: Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow Glenn on Twitter at AceFan23. And the show can be found at Jet Nation Radio. Until next time, go Jets!